I've been a Beverly Hills personal trainer for over 22 years, and I've seen it all. Along the way, I've helped hundreds of people get into shape. CEOs, celebrities, athletes, you name it. Whenever I meet people, the first thing they usually tell me is what went into their mouth and what came out of their ass. They're looking for my blessing or forgiveness, like I'm a priest of fat. The truth is, I like hearing about it, but I'm the only one. You know who doesn't care what diet you're on? Everyone else. But I care. I've been caring for a long time. In the past quarter century, I've learned all the dirt there is about the fitness game, and even created some of it. I know where the bodies are buried, and I'm going to show them to you. I'm going to expose the nasty little tricks health clubs play to get you to sign up. These guys make used car salesmen look like they belong in a nunnery. Note to nuns, I'm coming after you too. But don't worry, not only will I show you how to get the best deal, I'll show you how to use the place to your advantage once you're in. I'm going to show you how you can figure out which personal trainers are great and which ones suck. I have a degree in fitness from Tulane University, along with the prerequisite muscles and bright teeth. Most of the other trainers only have two of the three. I'm going to tell you which so-called fitness products are worth your cash and which ones aren't worth the box that they came in. I'm looking at you, thigh master. I'll tell you everything, and along the way, I'm going to piss off a lot of people. They don't call me America's angriest trainer for nothing. Over the years, I've noticed that most people don't take my career seriously. A doctor once called me a fringe player because he couldn't understand what I was doing with my life. You're way too smart to be a trainer, he told me. You'd be surprised at how much I get that attitude. When I was a kid, the job didn't even exist. All my friends wanted to drive fire trucks when they grew up. But I never heard any of them say, Hey, I think I want to be a trainer. I guess I understand that. My life isn't exactly what you'd call normal. If there's a white picket fence around, I've never walked through it. I don't draw a weekly paycheck. In fact, the work is all freelance. I only get paid when I show up at a client's door and they hand me a check. I don't work 9 to 5. I wake up at 4 a.m. and get ready to meet my first client at 6. People ask me why I need two hours and I tell them, one of us has to be awake, and I'm the one getting paid. Usually, I don't have my last client until after 10 p.m. I work when my client is free. When people are off on weekends, I'm going into my busy period. In fact, the very concept of a week has no meaning to me. When I'm driving around to meet my clients, I hear guys on the radio talking about Blue Monday and how Wednesday is hump day. And how is time to celebrate TGIF? It's all the same to me. Saturday night is the only night that's a little different because I usually pour myself a glass of scotch. But only one. Remember, I have to meet my first client at 6 a.m. the next morning. On Sunday. I live in my car. Not really, but it feels that way. I work a minimum of 16-hour days, and at least four of those are spent on the freeways in L.A. When asked what I do for a living, I usually answer, I drive. The only meal I eat at home is breakfast. Lunch could be at 10 in the morning or 4 in the afternoon, depending on my client's schedule. Dinner, if I can get it, is whenever I can squeeze it in. 
I spend my day getting people to do things they don't want to do. Lift heavy weights, run long distances, cycle up mountains. I'm half drill sergeant, half armchair psychologist, and I have to be as enthusiastic with the first client as with the last. They don't want to know if you've had a rough day, they've had a rough day. When I set foot into my clients' homes, I usually feel like the help. I'm just another person they employ, but instead of fixing their cars or appliances, I'm fixing them. The only difference between the rest of the help and me is that I see them at their most vulnerable. And because of that, I hear everything. Why do women go to hairdressers just to get their hair blown out? They could just as easily do that at home for free, but they'll spend time and effort to drive all the way to a hair salon just so that they could gossip about their lives to a friendly ear. Same with personal trainers.